Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 5, titled Power Hungry. Man, this is a fun one. This is a really, really fun episode, and... Before we get any further, I should say, yes, I know, John Scott, John Scott, John Scott, John Scott, you want to hear about John Scott, you want to hear about John Scott, you want to hear about John Scott. We'll get to him later. Trust me. Big part of this episode, we'll touch upon it in a few minutes, but before we get into that big overarching stuff, I want to touch upon the the pattern case of this week. I want to touch upon the more uh, micro, self-contained element of this episode. So... Basically, the premise behind this episode is there's a guy who's been the unwitting victim of illegal human experimentation that has supercharged, basically, his own personal electromagnetic field and has resulted in him being able to manipulate electricity with his mind. He cannot control his abilities, and that combined with a bunch of emotional turmoil in his pathetic, pathetic life, particularly... A girl he's been quite literally stalking, finding out that she's been that, that she's been stalked by this dude, and an entire elevator full of people ends up accidentally getting hurtled towards the ground and killing a bunch of dudes, uh, and killing a bunch of innocent civilians, and this guy walks away uh, and is the only survivor because electromagnetic field something 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 levitation. He's okay and not a scratch on him. So, now we have this guy sort of wandering aimlessly, trying to figure out what the hell's happening to him, and freaking the hell out because of it, because why wouldn't you in that scenario? And uh, causing some chaos in his wake accidentally, his boss fires him, and he ends up accidentally shoving this dude's arm into, like, a conveyor machine and just, like, slicing his arm open and... Uh, So there's that, like, supercharging the machine. And then he talks to his mother and his mother is, like, not listening to him at all, not taking him seriously at all, and... He just freaks out and has a fit and ends up shorting out her pacemaker and killing her. And the entire time while this is happening, we have two groups of people trying to track this dude down. We have, of course, our dudes, the Fringe Division, trying to figure out what the hell happened on this elevator. They initially uh, figure out that electromagnetic fields manipulated with that really, really cool floating Netflix. Floating Netflix? What? <laughs> Oh my god, Netflix is floating now! Uh, that floating necklace scene. <laughs> wow, that was, uh, that was a very interesting flub. And then Walter, uh, uh, actually, 
No, yeah, it is Walter. <laughs> it is Walter who figures this out. Wires are crossed in my brain. I watched this episode and then went to have an IBS flare up. So I've, I've, I've just, my brain's muddled. Uh, <laughs> uh, Walter is able to figure out that this is a person who someone's been doing experiments on. Through broils, we find out that this guy Fisher has been popping up. Uh, in clinic after clinic after clinic that has been related to a bunch of pattern cases. So we kind of know roughly what's been going on. We're able to find out that he's probably not in control of his, of his abilities uh, via weight sensors. We're able to find out that he's still alive and all that. So our fringe division people are tracking him. And Fisher is tracking him. This guy who experimented on him. This guy who tricked him into coming in with like some motivational we can give you confidence type BS. Uh, tricking him to come in and perform experiments on him and all of that. And now suddenly he's able to manipulate electrical fields with his mind and so Fisher now really really wants him and really really wants to uh experiment further to see what the hell's going on in his head like what the hell made him this way what experiments have succeeded and all that and how they can be replicated how those results can be replicated unfortunately it is Fisher that gets to him first and captures him while that is happening, we get a a something solution. <laughs> we get a solution that definitely exists and is a thing that absolutely happened. Okay. It is at this point that I have to kind of praise this show in an area I haven't really gotten the chance to praise it yet. There is an alternate universe where this show is complete and utter dog shit. And in that universe, they come to this plot line of altering pigeons to hone in on the massively huge electrical signal of a man who can manipulate electrical fields with his mind. That, by the way, an electrical signal, by the way, that they got from a cassette tape in the dude's home that the signal was imprinted upon. That's a real plot point in this episode. Like, there is an alternate universe where this show is dog shit, and in that universe, this plot point is taken 100% seriously, and they try to say it with a straight face. But this is not that universe. This is a universe where this show and its writers are brilliant, and the show is self-aware enough to know, like, no, this is insane. This is stupid. This is dumb. This is the most bizarre thing we could have come up with. And so the show is constantly, like, just wink, wink, nudge, nudging. Like, yeah, this is stupid. You know it's stupid. The show is constantly being the voice of the audience. Like, this is dumb. Like, you got Peter and Olivia and... <laughs> Uh, Charlie and Broyles all going like, what the hell is happening right now? What is this? Like, this show, it's very self-aware 
to the point where when they are able to do something nuts, when they are able to do something insane that's just completely stupid, they know it's insane, and they know it's stupid, and they play it up, and they acknowledge it in the show, and they just, like, they, they might as well turn to the camera and go, like, look, we get it. This is dumb. We know. But it's happening. Let's all have the <laughs> have the good sport to laugh at it together. <laughs> and it's wonderful. And it's wonderful. Like, it's a really great exercise in just how well self-awareness can improve a show that would otherwise be just nonsense trash. I especially love this one moment where Walter releases the pigeons. They go <laughs> forth and track our electrical imbecile. And then as they're like being like, yay, the pigeons are off. And then Olivia and Peter and Charlie all go to follow the pigeons. As this is all happening, and as everyone's going away, Astrid leans over to Walter and is like, are you sure this is going to work? And Walter's like, of course not. <laughs> I have no idea, but pigeons? <laughs> We're doing pigeons now. <laughs> Fringe. We're doing pigeons now. Like, that self-awareness, that willingness to go bonkers and to do it with a wink and a nod and just be so tongue-in-cheek about it while still having a lot of this very serious, very dramatic weight behind most of the show. Like, it's, it's one of the many reasons I love Fringe. It's one of the many reasons why this show is just so pitch perfect in my mind. Uh, but we track the pigeons. They take us to Fisher's lab. They raid the lab. They arrest Fisher. They chase down our guy who was being moved from the lab to somewhere else when the FBI showed up. They put him in a car, and the dude immediately controlled the car to run over the guy who was, uh, <laughs> who was taking him away. And then he was literally, like, standing over the dude's body when the FBI showed up, and then he ran away. Big chase, big chase, big chase. Uh, Peter is able to corner him and take him out. And then we just take this dude away in order to help him, but there's... There's this really amazing moment where the dude's sedated and on a gurney and going into the ambulance. And he's like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And Olivia's like, you can't, but we're going to help you. And the dude's like, that's what they said. I want to go home. And Olivia's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We can't do that. Like, we can't take you home. It's... Oh, it's such a good moment. It's such an amazing, amazing moment. So that's all done. That chapter's closed. But throughout this entire episode, we have the continued question mark that is John Scott. Of course, at the end of the last episode, the very much not dead John Scott showed up in Olivia's apartment. The next time we see Olivia, she's telling Charlie about it. Uh, apparently, she grabbed her gun and then he was immediately gone. And Charlie's like, 
look, it, it, the, you, the man you loved betrayed you, betrayed his country, and died in your arms. Like, of course, there's going to be some residual uh, weirdness in your head there. So, uh, don't, like, don't worry about it. It's perfectly normal. But then John Scott keeps showing up, and very much not in a PTSD way. Very much in a, I know everything about this case you're working on. I know exactly what to tell you in the real world to solve this case. I'm more knowledgeable about what's happening than you are. Clearly, this is not a PTSD thing. And, like, this just gets more suspicious and more suspicious and more suspicious. And eventually, Olivia talks to Walter. And she actually, initially, just is like, "Uh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. And then Walter's like, you're seeing him, aren't you? You're seeing John Scott. And we find out in this moment that basically what is happening is when Olivia went in the tank with John... When she entered that shared dream state with John, she had a little bit of John's consciousness graft itself onto hers. And it's still there. So thoughts, memories, experiences have attached themselves on to her. Now, where this starts to get tricky is in how she's seeing John Scott. Because two consciousnesses cannot exist in one mind at the same time. That's just not possible. So, basically what this is, is Olivia's brain's way of exercising his consciousness, of getting his consciousness out of her head, and of coping with what the hell has happened. So, basically, this is a sign that maybe he's going away? Possibly? At some point, but we don't really know. After this conversation takes place... John Scott leads Olivia to this cellar, where John Scott has a shit ton of investigation materials into the pattern. So John himself was investigating the pattern, and had a lot more knowledge than Olivia on it. And so the FBI, like, takes all this information, they get a few things that even Broyles didn't know particularly more test subjects from Fisher uh, that they're able to now help. And they find some, uh, some personal stuff, including an engagement ring that John Scott was going to propose to Olivia with. So there's that. That's where we are now. Uh, but yeah, very, very solid episode all around. Really nice. Uh, a nice, John Scott stuff aside, a nice little antidote to the ultra-serious, very character-driven, 
at times extremely dark episode that we got yesterday. Like, this was more of a fun one. This was more of a lighthearted one. Anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just push my button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, on Monday, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 6. Talk to you then.